And yeah, what if I tried something like this? You know, maybe a little this. It's a little laid back. Maybe you want something a little heavier. Uh, well, probably not heavy, but you're now listening to. Hey everybody. Thanks for listening. Thanks for being here. Oh, guys. Um, this week, I spoke to Sherwin Sullivan Tija, who's amazing. I really love this guy. You could be his friend on Facebook, and you're probably going to want to after listening to him. So check him out on Facebook, Sherwin Sullivan Tija, T-I-J-A. We spoke in his lovely studio loft apartment for, I don't know, well over an hour. I trimmed it down a little bit, guys, because... I mean, it was a great conversation, but I don't know if you need to know everything. You don't. Um, I don't know. You do. I, I would. I'll tell you everything someday, guys. I arrived at Sherwin's apartment feeling quite tender. So there was a lot of references um, to my recent crying. And most of them I cut out. <laughs> the question is, what have you done with your life? And for the last couple of weeks, I've just been crying. But you don't need to worry about me. It's a necessary thing. This is not a cry for help. I'm just telling you. I'm just letting you know. Should I not let you know? I shouldn't let you know. Guys, you're going to worry. There's no reason to worry. It's just getting dark out and I'm in Canada. And this tends to happen. And maybe I'll go to therapy and get some sweet, sweet medication. That would be good, right? Is whispering making this better or worse? I have um, recently read about ASMR and apparently whispering is a trigger. So if you're experiencing that right now, congratulations for you. The tingling sensation in your brain, auto autonomous sensory meridian response, I believe is what that stands for. You could Google it or not. Should I redo this intro? Probably. Will I? No. Enjoy this podcast, you guys. Enjoy your lives as well. Okay, bye. The question is, what have you been doing with your life? Yes. Um, actually the, it's actually from a song that my friend Amy, uh, wrote. She wrote the song, uh, and it starts that way, which is, what have you done with your life? I followed my appetites. That's, oh, I like it. Those are the two opening lines. And I just thought, oh, that's so nice. That is so nice. Do you feel as though you have followed your appetites in life up till this point? I've done my very best to follow my appetites mm -hmm. like wherever your appetites like lead tell me more about it because there's various types of appetites right yeah there I are mean, artistic appetites there are sexual appetites there are um actual culinary appetites <laughs> um you know mo most of my life is not that interesting uh i i keep I think, you know, I, I wear very similar things every day. Like when I buy a shirt, I'll buy like 12 of them. Oh, yeah. And so then I can like go through them and then wear them out slowly. So consequently, I'll wear like the same type of shirt for like a decade. Uh, like when I get pants, I always get the same kind of pant, like a cargo pant. Because I always I have stuff I need to carry around. Yeah. Um, when I find something I like, I'll... I will buy it in in great quantities, so that like I I know I have it in case they discontinue it. So 
in many ways, I like to um, I like to have something, be sure of it, and then get a lot of it. <laughs> yes, that sounds great. <laughs> it, it is pretty great. <laughs> sounds really secure and lovely. It is secure, uh, except for sometimes, like you, you, um, you make a mistake. Um, I mean, I didn't make a mistake with. Uh, so I like goat's milk soap. So, so this. I'm glad you said soap. I thought you were just gonna be like, I like goat's milk, and I was gonna be like, I need to leave. You're gross. Oh, really? Goat's milk soap. Okay. I've never had goat's milk. Is I'm it, glad. Is it awful? I have no idea. I just felt. I felt like it would be gross. Okay. Um, no, I bought goat's milk soap uh, when I first moved to Montreal, and and I think they just started making it. I, well, maybe I just didn't know about it, but I I started using it, and I liked it so much. I liked how. Um, it's, it's really gentle. It doesn't smell, uh, that strongly. Um, but it does smell quite nice. And so I bought like a hundred bars. You did not I like did. literally a hundred bars. Yes. And so I've been going through the, the hundred bars over the last decade, uh, that I've been here. So yeah, I, I filled a shelf on my uh, bookshelf oh my gosh. with goat smoke. So, so you, you get a sense of, um, Wow, that makes me sound crazy. It does sound a little crazy, but I like it. I mean, it sounds like um, you know what you like and you want to live a certain way. I don't think mm-hmm. it's bad. I wouldn't be able to store a mm-hmm. hundred of anything okay. for a decade because we were talking about this. Because I move around, yeah. Because you, you move around, a and lot. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't. I'm not organized in that way. So to me, it sounds like that sounds great. It sounds like organized and. Your boxes of event planning stuff. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about your events because okay. that's something that you do in life. It's what I do for a living. It's now. really exciting. Yeah. It's really exciting. <laughs> um, they're they're kind of weird events. I I started getting into events because by accident, actually. Um, I think you know, like the first event I did was slow dance, and mm-hmm. I did that because I went to a friend's like event, and it was all fast dancing. I don't like to fast dance, yeah, because I don't like to sweat, right? Which is, which is weird. I I know, but I don't like to sweat, and so I didn't want to dance all fast and get all sweaty, and um, and I just remembered like when when in grade like seven, you know, when you go to your first dance, yeah, you know, like um, like I mean that was fast dancing too, but you know when you're actually like slow dancing. You know, first of all, you're terrified. Yeah. But also, it's really <laughs> nice yeah. once you start doing it. And I just, you know, remembered, like, that's the kind of dancing that I like to do. And why can't we do that, you know? And so that's basically where it started, which is, like, you can do things in this world. And if there's a scene you don't like, you can create a scene that you do like. Or, And so that was pretty much it and my good friend amber at the time she she'd put on events because she's in like lovely rock bands and she was like oh yeah it's just facebook you know so she helped me put it on and uh so we put on slow dance and you know it was like a uh a nasty like december night it was like sleet and slushy outside Mm -hmm. but we got 30 people out into the back room of the Kajibi. Oh, and, yeah. I uh, remember that's where the first one was. And it was great. Yeah, yeah. we decorated, you know, streamers everywhere. And um, it, it was 
we were surprised that 30 people came out for the first one mm-hmm. and uh so that's kind of where it started you know and then i was like oh i really i like this i like making people do things yeah <laughs> I'm, I'm a bit of a control freak but what i you know what i discovered is that you can control a very particular experience for people so that they have a great time yeah. and and so that you know and w- with slow dance it's it's complicated because i'm asking them to do something that you know is like vaguely traumatic but at the same time they're all adults now so they can re-experience something that was traumatic and hopefully heal uh in a new way and because they're adults they can empower themselves by you know like asking people they want to dance uh you know rather than like in grade seven where you like i don't know who you asked to dance yeah people you're terrified of (laughs) and who would say no yeah you know but and people still say no at you know, regular slow dance. But oh, do they? Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. I've been to slow dance a cu- only two times, and mm-hmm. both times were really magical and amazing. But I don't remember. I mean, you know, maybe I would say no, but if maybe I was just no, only if I was nobody like, said tired. no to you. Yeah. Because you know? <laughs> they were charming. Mm, maybe. Um, but can you tell people who have mm-hmm. never been? Because there is mm-hmm. qu- there's quite an order to slow dance night. There's a way that it works. Can you tell people about that? Yeah. Um, I decorate the the venue like with streamers and balloons and you know lighting is very important because you want it like bright enough that people can like see each other and like check each other out but you want it dim enough that people feel that you know like they're not going to feel Mm self-conscious about so they feel kind of protected and uh i put up some christmas lights but not a lot you know i i want that kind of like mood lighting yeah and um we give everyone who comes like uh, a dance card and it lists all the songs that i'm going to play during the night so they're all slow songs they're kind of like classic slow songs like lady in red or like <laughs> um the last song of the night is always total eclipse of the heart oh that's fun and uh basically um and we have designated dancers who's uh like like about seven of them whose job it is to uh, ask people to dance and they're safe people to ask to dance but their job is basically to turn like wallflowers into like perennials so that you are because here's the thing like you're terrified when you get there but once you have your first dance once you that's the icebreaker because then you're like oh that was really nice yeah and then you become addicted and I've, this has happened to me, you know, too. Like, even though I'm the DJ, yeah. like, once you start dancing, you know, it's like, oh, I really want to, I want to ask that person to dance. You start scoping the room out for, yeah. like, who you're going to meet next. And also, it was just so nice to to hold someone. The, the, the looks of, like, bliss on people's faces as they're holding someone wow. to, to a song is something I really like to see. You know, I, just, like, eyes closed and a, and a little half smile, you know, as they're, like, head is resting on someone else's shoulder Mm -hmm. it's really beautiful so um and also you can you can book a song with somebody if you want to like uh we have a signing station where i have like little golf pencils um set up so you can like book a song in the future if with someone like if they agree to it so And so that's pretty much it. And then, like, I play the first song. The designated dancers go and start asking people to dance. 
you know who the designated dancers are because they have like I bought these little LED lights that you pin <laughs> so to cute. their lapels. Yeah. So you can like see them and I, I would say like, oh, the people with glowing hearts Aww. are our designated dancers and safe people ask to dance. I feel like people are gonna want to go to this. I mean, I've been to it in Montreal. It also mm-hmm. happens in Toronto. Where else is it happening at the moment? It it's dicey. Um I, I I did it for about a year in Ottawa, but I just couldn't get enough people to come out. Really, Ottawa is a tough city to do weird events. I guess, but yeah. I I guess I I would also feel like the the weird people mm-hmm. that are in Ottawa would, would embrace it and come out in droves. It's it's complicated. Like they they will, but but it's I don't know. I just I didn't find it was it worked for me yeah i don't like to talk about it because it's like <laughs> i feel like i'm slamming ottawa but yeah. it it ottawa's a tough town yeah you know you you can do weird stuff but people are reticent so it i i think it's a big enough town but it's just there's not that ardor you know mm-hmm. like that you'll you'll find in like someplace like toronto or vancouver even. right um so it does happen in Toronto quite regularly. Like the queer community in Toronto. Uh, it's a queer slow dance in Toronto yeah. that I do. And um, it happens once a month. And yeah, hundreds of people come out so every cool. single time. Yeah. And they, yeah, and I've had um, people email me. Like like I've got had two couples uh, get engaged. Um, and two couples have had their six month anniversary and one one couple has had their three month anniversary oh that's so cool so, like they met at a slow dance yeah, night oh it's my weird God. <laughs> that is so cool so i'm very charmed by that because you know i mean i try to do my best to create the you know ultimate romantic situation yeah i mean the secret behind slow dance is that it's speed dating but i don't ever say that that's true <laughs> yeah you're right because basically you're you're like talking to someone for the length of a pop song and then you move on, you right. know, but in this case, you get to like, you cut out the, uh, like 18 people who you would have never dated and you would have never talked to in the first place. You, you just get to ask who you want. That's it. Yeah. Or, I mean, sometimes you get asked, you know, like yeah. to dance by someone you may not be at all interested in, but you know, it's only three minutes of your life. So, and the night lasts for hours. Yeah. So I, that's pretty much it. Can you tell, can you tell? us us about the <laughs> us just me and everyone anybody listening about strip spelling bee and how that came about because i think that is the most brilliant concept ever thank you um that came about in kind of a roundabout way i so after slow dance i was like what other weird event can i put on that people will come and participate in right because yeah. like basically like the my career in event planning has been like what is the wildest thing I can get people to do like legitimately right. that can still be an event. And I've, I've actually reached like certain <laughs> limits of what people will do because right. I've, you know, I've created some events and then no one signs up or comes to it. I mean, so. one that I'm thinking of, and I definitely mm-hmm. do want to get back to strip spelling bee, but I remember one night you planned a, like, let's everybody cry in the same room. Oh, that happened. That was pretty great. Was actually. it? Yeah, I, yeah, thought yeah. I, I thought I had spoken to you and you were like, mm-hmm. Oh, it's kind of weird or, it was weird, and uh, you know, for a number of reasons, it's never going to happen again. Yeah, but could you tell me about that one. What was that? That was uh, so. I um, so in in Montreal, we have a thing called Just for Laughs, right? Yeah. Juste pour rire, and I thought 
how weird that we have that was this... french by the way i just want everyone to know oh, yes. you made it sound like <laughs> juice for rear juice for my it wasn't, rear it wasn't no. dirty you guys. No, i'm sorry <laughs> juice for rear juice, and probably i'm pronouncing it wrong but no, i'm sure you're correct um it's I, I thought it was how how weird that we um, valorize one emotion over every other emotion, right? Like, right, yeah. Like, laugh, let's laugh. But, you know, whenever you see, like, the comedy and tragedy masks, you know, like, like half of it is crying. And I thought, well, crying is so important, you know? Like, as, it's also a release. Right. You know, I know some people who do it every single day. So, uh, why why valorize one over the other? Let's see if we can create a festival that's all about crying that would rival just for laughs oh, maybe that, even overtake it one day that's, i love that idea <laughs> the festival of crying so what i did was uh I, I created the event and i said like you know come come out uh we're we're gonna i'm gonna show some things that will make uh people cry um we're gonna have uh boxes of tissue <laughs> out we're gonna have uh designated huggers you know Aww. people who will comfort you yeah. so there are resident comforters and uh people go on stage and talk about things that make them cry um there's one poem that i like in this one book that i read when i was in college that never fails to make me cry i will always cry when i read this fucking really poem. yeah i'm not gonna read it right now <laughs> okay you can see the twinkle in my eye i'm, I know, like, I'm just not gonna read it to the book that's but totally it is it's it's wonderful it's a wonderful book uh poem yeah and you know i just thought in movies you know every time i watch the lord of the rings you know there, there's parts you yeah. know i'm gonna fucking cry and i just thought Let, let's do this we can make this happen like like basically invent a genre of event you know like like just for laughs happen because you know they're comedians but we don't have the opposite right. of a comedian or maybe storytellers are are that but you know if i don't know and so we did i did it right yeah. and people came out uh i showed that uh youtube video of that cat that's trying to wake up its dead friend you know, <laughs> like with um I have never seen that. Oh, it's beautiful. Your little gesture right now. And it's now. got this Ser Serbian, uh, oh. like, like pop music in the background. This, this plaintiff. Why? Plaintive... Did someone put it on or was it playing in the background of the room? No, no. Someone put it on, but it makes you cry. Oh, my God. Like, it's crazy. And, yeah, this cat is just, like, like almost, like, kneading its, uh, oh. its friend that was hit by a car oh, and Jesus. trying to wake it up and... Won't, it won't wake up, and, and so eventually it just kind of like sits beside it, guarding it, you know? And you just watch this this five minutes, and I'm just bawling my eyes out. It's so good. And so I showed that. Um, Holy shit. And what else? And oh, and people were telling like terrible stories. Yeah. Uh, one, um, she was talking about this wedding that she'd gone to, uh, and... She was like standing right next to the aisle, and so the the groom was you know in in his place at at the front, and the the music starts up, and uh, the the bride is coming down, and she um she started to cry, but not for the reason that most people would cry at a wedding, right? Because it's so beautiful and you feel so much for like the groom and the and the bride. Okay. She she was crying. Because she, you know, so the groom, uh, the groom's up there and then the bride is like, like, you know, 
eye contact with him and she's like coming down the aisle and and lifting like her skirt and she's practically like skipping like down the aisle to him and when she she gets like to him like she's like giddy and they're both giddy they're giddy fucking kids yeah getting married and they're so happy and like the love is this palpable thing as it should be at a wedding and she was crying um this woman because she realized she would never have that <gasps> and i just like oh you know and and nobody in the room knew how to respond to that like you, you don't want to like um like deny like her claim do you know what i'm saying you don't want to like you could reassure her you could be like oh no no you know but uh, that that you want to valorize like how people are feeling and yeah. that's how she was feeling when she was yeah at my immediate wedding. thought was like yeah it does sometimes feel like that but that's mm-hmm. probably not true but on the other hand you know what maybe it is true maybe you will never have that that's it and like you, you never know try it out and get comfortable with that idea <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I thought you were going to say that she was, um, what you know, she in was love, in with, love the room with one of them, or yeah, or, like, oh. the bride or something. <laughs> that would have been like um, probably better than yeah. this heartbreaking fucking story. No, that's that's worse because yeah. there's no real fix for it, or there's, there's no, no understand understandable kind of framework. You know, yeah. we have songs about what that is. Damien Rice mm-hmm. has a song about going to a wedding and being in love with the, oh, the really? bride, and oh. I can't think of what it's called right now. It's really, it's really lovely. It's really devastating. There's like, <laughs> it's like he's drinking whiskey, and there's like the oh, sound oh. of whiskey ice clinking in the glass so he's drinking whiskey at the wedding yeah and possibly oh. even while recording the song i don't know <laughs> if i can find it oh goodness but so that sounds like now i want you to do that event again but oh, I, I, yeah. I talked to you after it happened and you seemed like a little bit traumatized by it or something what the the problem with it is that i think people aren't comfortable with it like i mean i mean i could do it again but the problem is when you're laughing, when you're at an event and you're laughing, you're in charge, you know? Like, even if you're laughing at a comedian, you're still in charge because you're having a great time. Yeah. And you're, like, owning it, yeah. you know? And even on the street, when you're laughing at someone, you're always in charge. Yeah. So people like to laugh because it's an expansion of their power. But when they're crying, it's a diminishment of their power, you know? Unless you're, like, running for president and you're crying, you know, at a soldier's funeral and then right, you're right. amassing, you know, great cultural power. But most of the time when you're crying, you're in pain. And people are not good with people in pain. They're embarrassed by it, you yeah, know? And people true. in pain are embarrassed themselves. So that's why I don't think this event will become, like, the cultural monster that Just for Laughs is. <laughs> <Probably> <laughs> That's so understated. That's really cute. You don't think it's going to get millions of dollars in government funding? Um, that's so funny. I'm reminded of the Joni Mitchell quote, which I just used today, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, Laughing and crying is the same release, oh. which is possible. Yeah, maybe. You know what? But but when you cry on your own in your house by yourself... <laughs> And it's Wait, like I've an, been doing a lot of that lately, and it's an ugly cry. You know what I'm talking about? I know exactly that, that what ugly you're cry, about. and you got snot coming yeah. down, and you're just like, <laughs> <laughs> and you don't care who hears you. You're yeah. making so much noise, right? <laughs> that that's a release, but not in public. Because when you're in public and you're watching like a, a a dying cat or whatever, you know, and you're you're trying to minimize your crying, you yeah. know, you can't really get that release i i don't know maybe the event isn't big enough like maybe you need a room full of people ugly crying 
before like it'll re- have this kind of like collective like maybe I got to start a cult of crying and then only then it'll it'll work. I have a friend uh uh Ricky who who does this thing called uh what is it like laughing events where he gets people you know you probably know, Ricky Donato he, Yeah yeah I've heard of this. He runs uh laughter competitions mm-hmm. or whatever and the goal is to make the other person laugh. Like you see like how appealing that is. Yeah. And and how unappealing a crying festival is. Well, laughter is contagious, so they say, and I believe <laughs> that it is. Do you think crying is contagious? Um, wh- maybe just to the maybe just to people with a lot of empathy. Yeah, like like when I uh, so I watch a lot of like I watch this one reality TV show called The Ultimate Fighter, and it's about like people who you know like fight in the ufc yeah and uh what they try to do is humanize these people right so it's not like they're just out to punch each other in the head right they're they've got stories backstories their lives and and so um oftentimes some of the some of these fighters come from like like hard hard backgrounds and like when they're like talking about how they're missing their kids or like you know like if if their dad just died uh, then I, you know, I feel a great deal of empathy for for them, and I like when they get that quaver in their voice. Yeah. I'm like, oh, and sometimes I'm like crying up, and you know, yeah, and I'm at home alone, so I don't care, and it's it's awesome. Yeah, uh, I think music is very contagious in terms of making someone cry. Like a sad song, you, you know, a sad song will will milk tears out of me. The you know one. That I can, like, don't even put this on ever, anyone. <laughs> um, it's the Jose Gonzalez version of Heartbeats. Do you oh, know that one? I don't know that song. Holy shit. I like There's Jose the knife Gonzalez. version of Heartbeats, with his, which is fine. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And then Jose Gonzalez takes it to this whole other yeah. level. I'll, uh, I'll send it to you. All right. <laughs> yeah, but I'm, I, that's why I'm never going to do this event again, because people <laughs> don't want to cry in yeah. front of other people. They feel self-conscious about oh, it. Oh, I was going to say this. Mm-hmm. And I, I, this is neither here nor there, but... Mm-hmm. Um, you're talking about crying in public. Yeah. Sometimes it's unavoidable. Yeah. Um, I've had a few crying rough, jags. rough patches this mm. year that were um, uncontainable. Mm. So I've been on like planes and stuff crying. Oh. Um, but one unexpected bonus of <laughs> crying in public, I think for me, mm. <laughs> or, or maybe not like crying, but feeling just very tender and, and like very close to the surface mm-hmm. is it makes me love everyone a little bit more. Mm. Like when I feel like that my mm. emotions are very close to the surface, mm. I don't know. There's a certain kind of, I don't know what it is. I just feel a little bit of extra humanity or somehow just more connected to everyone. Mm. It's a weird, mm-hmm. a weird bonus of being in a tender place. I mm-hmm. think. No, I, I'm in complete agreement. Yeah. Let's talk about Strip Spelling Bee. Okay. Let's make this sexy real quick. Oh, jeez. <laughs> um, How did you come up with that idea? So at the time I was uh coming up with with um after I realized oh events are easy to do you just make a Facebook event page you talk to the venue they let you do it and then you do it Shh don't tell everybody how easy it is <laughs> It's crazy easy Yeah but you're right it's really easy And so I was like oh what other weird events can I can I try as an experiment and so I started doing a spelling bee uh like a hipster spelling bee Mhm like that was like a weird game show where, you know, people would spell words and like they had like cards that they could, like coupons, like so they could do a lifeline 
sort of thing, if they didn't know how to spell the word, that sort of thing. So I did that a couple times. And then, uh, so I was seeing this girl at the time and she was telling her friend about it and her friend didn't want to go because you know, she was like, mm, spelling me? The only way I'd go to that if, is if there was stripping involved. Oh my gosh, what a genius. And when I heard that, yeah. I was like, oh, that sounds like a much better event than the one I have been putting on. Oh my gosh. And I basically decided as soon as I could to put on a strip spelling bee. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like there was like, I had to come up with like rules and stuff like that. And I wanted to base it off of like, like an actual spelling bee and and they have like rounds of elimination but i didn't want to eliminate people i wanted to get their clothes off yeah so uh <laughs> so i thought okay we're gonna do three rounds and in the first round you have you take off one item of clothing in the second round two and then the third round three and the words would get slowly harder so the first word would be really easy right and then second round harder third round hardest and I, I told everyone like I I handed out like this flyer with what was considered clothing, but uh, what I discovered at the first the very first time we did this is that there were problems. There there were immediate problems. Every event has problems that you got to work out, which yeah. is why you got to hold an event like a few times before you you have it like running at a good pace. Mm-hmm. And so the problems were that there was only one prize. And it was for the best speller. Um, and so the people who were stripping didn't get anything. They were the losers, you know, quote, unquote. But but it didn't seem fair that the people who, like, showed us their genitals <laughs> should not win. That's true. Because we all win. clearly did. Yeah. So, so I had to change that. Um, People were arguing with me about like what was considered clothing. So okay. somebody would have a hat on and there would be like, you know, is this uh, or like a scarf? And they're like, you didn't say scarf in the in the like list of clothes. I'm just like, oh, my God, why are they like bickering with me about this? Yeah. The whole point is for you to get your clothes off. It made no sense. So uh, so all the rules had to change. And also the words were too easy at the beginning. And so, you know, the the next time I did this, I didn't have any more easy words. All the words were hard yeah. right from the beginning. Um, I decided not to define what clothing was. I, I decided to leave that up to people. So I said, a third of your clothing. Mm-hmm. I leave that up to you. Yeah. Right. So I didn't have to bicker. And and then I had two prizes, one for best speller, one for best stripper. Yeah. So that, you know, people who are strong in their brain would you know, could win, had the possibility to win a prize and people who were strong in their their body had had another opportunity. So that seemed to make things more equitable. And, you know, ever since then, oh, and uh, at in the very first strip spelling bee, I had basically, you know, like classic burlesque, big, big band, brassy, like music for all three rounds. Right. But I realized, you know, after one round, like, which is like 10 people, yeah. one round of, you know, that kind of music, you're going to get really sick of that music. Yeah, so yeah. in the second, the second time we did it, I had that for the first round. In the second round, we had like, you know, like rock and roll licks, like yeah. um, Sweet Child of Mine, you know, <laughs> you'd start with that. And then, 
you know, because people, the, the the fact is, it doesn't take people that long to take off a third of their clothing, yeah. right? So you want a song that starts strong and is and has the hook right at the beginning. And also, music is a shortcut to people's emotions and mm-hmm. to like a shortcut to hey, we're having a great time. And mm-hmm. I think if there's songs people recognize, mm-hmm. they're extra into it as well. Like when when you do like pop hits and songs that people already have an emotional connection to mm-hmm. and then they're at this event and people are stripping it's just amazing. absolutely because they want to sing along with it and i yeah. found like the the people competing you know like if they didn't know the song they weren't sure how to strip mm-hmm. you know they didn't know how to like move to the song and right. so you know like that i've had to learn a lot in terms of like oh what what makes a good strip spelling bee song and what makes a good slow dance song like yeah. they're different things and then uh, in the third round, we usually play Dirty R&B. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> That's why I like the event yeah. so much. Um, one thing that I think is really great about it mm. that I think is worth emphasizing and that I emphasized when I ran a <laughs> bastardized version of the event at mm. Lesbian Camp um, is that you really go out of your way to create a safe atmosphere for mm-hmm. people where then anything goes. Like, you know, some of your rules are absolutely no photographs and mm-hmm. you do that in a really fun way where you're like if you see anybody rat them out you're gonna get a free drink like yeah. um there's the idea of no absolutely booing. no booing yeah. you know um which which should be obvious but you know mm-hmm. people may want to boo if if someone gets a word wrong or because they want to see more clothing but it's like okay or more na- um nakedness but it's like um you know it's all supportive and then mm-hmm. the other idea of you're stripping to your comfort level mm-hmm. and i think when you tell people that yeah. that they can strip as far as they want and mm-hmm. everyone's going to be supportive and everyone's going to be psyched, mm-hmm. then they're more inclined to take it all off. Absolutely. Which is the secret, yeah. the secret heart <laughs> of all those rules, I think. Well, um, I w- uh, you know, every time I create an event, it's about like, what would I want? You know, like mm-hmm. if I was actually going to, you know, like compete. I mean, here's the thing. I'm, I'm never going to compete in the strip spelling bee ever. I, I'm really like shy in that respect but if i was going to compete i would want these rules in place so that i felt safe you know like so that i wouldn't like have my picture all over the internet or whatever yeah but one thing you do do that you may or may not realize is kind of consciously creating um a mood of acceptance and mm-hmm. comfort is that you sometimes wear dresses i don't know if you always do i always but do yeah you get yeah. super cute and you go the other way with it and you know you're out there in a dress which not every male gendered person mm-hmm. does so it creates mm-hmm. like a hey guys anything goes you know this is me looking sexy in a dress mm-hmm. take off your clothes <laughs> i really like wearing dresses yeah. and i um i i do this for a number of reasons first of all because i like it second of all because i feel like i'm putting on an event i'd like to look nice yeah and i feel like i look a lot nicer in a dress than a tux or whatever yeah and uh also because i think if people are going to target anyone, they'll target me first, you know, and I'm in charge of the event so I can take it, you yeah. know, like I'm, I'm happy to be the target of whatever, you know, like booze or like anti anything like they, you know, I can take it because I'm like the mom and dad of the night, right? you know, so, but, but, you know, when people sign up to compete, they're making themselves very vulnerable mm-hmm. and I, I don't think they deserve that. Nobody deserves it, but I can take it, right. is what I'm saying. But you you haven't had problems, though, right? No, I haven't had problems. You yeah. know, like, luckily, you know, I'm going to knock on wood or something. Wait, I'm going to knock on... Yes, yes. I don't know if you can hear yeah. that. The recorder is on a wooden chair. But I think the type mm-hmm. of people that it attracts, and yeah. then once they get there, the mood that's created, it's like, people aren't going to create problems. No, I set up so many rules. I think, like, once you have rules in place, people 
like naturally fall first of all people like rules right. you know this is the charming thing about rules is that as long as they're not unfair as long as they're they're for everyone's benefit you know people aren't going to necessarily violate them and second of all it's there's it's fun to have rules yeah. you know and we forget that cuz we're all adults and or hippies or whatever the fuck we are and we think like oh no rules is the best you know but no rules like add a, a kind of sexy element to you know events you know when you know what you can't do it's like oh it's contained it's safe like you 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 have limits and then you feel free within within those worlds mm-hmm. yeah i think that's great i was remembering the last time i went to a strip spelling bee mm-hmm. was in toronto mm-hmm. and a nice unexpected bonus of that aside from really just enjoying the event mm-hmm. with my friend that was there um there were there's one girl who was participating that hadn't planned on participating so she wasn't necessarily dressed for it you know mm-hmm. some people go out of their way i think somebody yeah. was wearing like a um a candy yeah. candy bikini or something you know some oh, people nice. really dress up and yeah. go crazy but oh, i remember that this yeah. girl just kind of got recruited at the last minute mm-hmm. and um there were some other girls on the stairs that were like really into her stripping and like calling out like really funny, like supportive things, but like yeah. really funny. Yeah. And so I kept catching eyes with those girls, like really appreciative mm-hmm. of what they were saying and appreciating that we were both appreciating the same nice. person stripping. It was just kind of this yeah. kind of this strange thing that, um, you know, not every event lends itself to or this little mm. stranger connection that wouldn't have otherwise happened, mm. you know, where you can mm-hmm. kind of catch us from like, yeah, we're into this, <laughs> but, <laughs> but like a little bit pervy, but not overly yeah. pervy, mostly just like supportive and fun. Yeah. Yeah. I went to uh, an event that you hosted. Uh, I think, I think it was a, um, at the main line and it was a, uh, the, could it have been part of the Let's Do This series? I can't remember. It was probably, you know what? It was probably like the Ha Ha Tatas thing. Oh, Stand Up Strip Down. Was yeah. it this summer? I think so. Yeah, that was a that was stand up strip down. And I l- really liked your intro to it because you were, um, <laughs> yeah. And actually, I took something from it. I was like, oh, I'm going to use that, which is uh, you were you were kind of asking people to, um, you were, you were telling them all those cat calls that you can't do in the streets. You know, you this can is do the place. this is the place, and you were kind of like goading it out of people. And I really liked that. And yeah. I was like, oh, I, I'm going to use that. So I have been. Oh, Forgive great. me. Yeah. No, no, that's perfect. Yeah, it's like in polite society, we hold this stuff in. But mm-hmm. this is a place where we can like be free and appreciate this about ourselves and about yeah. each other. Mm-hmm. Especially stand up, strip down. It's like these, these women are here for your enjoyment. They know exactly what they're doing. Exactly. They are in control. Mm-hmm. And this is what they want. See, I like to, I like to uh, twist things. So yeah, the um, the one event. Oh, I have two events that never got off the ground. Oh yeah, let's hear um, about them. One event is I c- I couldn't even get a venue to book it, and it, it's called Death Match, and it's a singles night for suicidal people. Holy shit! Yeah. <laughs> 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 That's so fucked up. Sure. I know, but it would have been called death match. It's called death. It, it would have been. Uh, I would. I would have done my best to make it actually quite sweet. You know, like the the gimmick is insane, but the event itself would have been quite lovely. Yeah, I would have had like uh, I would have gotten like people from Suicide Action Montreal to come out and be counselors. I would have had tissue boxes all around. So, but you know, the the idea is that suicidal people are very lonely, right? Yeah. And so to to and also. When you want to kill yourself, 
such a stigma against that, oh, right? Shit. Because you, people just think you have a mental illness. But or when whatever. you do, if you mm-hmm. when you're genuinely what? suicidal, you're also probably not inclined to go to social events or think beyond the fact that you want to kill yourself, right? I, well, here the the idea was that you know here's a place you could talk about it without stigma, and you could meet someone else with whom you could talk about it and perhaps without, form a pact. Well, here's the thing that that was a danger, and that's why Suicide Action Montreal would have been there. Now, I have, I just want to let your listeners know that I've not talked to Suicide Action Montreal about this yeah. at all. This is just in my head. Uh, I tried to book the event, you know, at Le KGB, but they they were like, actually, no. Death. <laughs> oh my god, I love your brain. What's the other one that didn't work? Um, uh, queer speed spooning. Wow, that seems like it would work. I don't know why that. Didn't I work. thought it would work. Yeah. I I booked the main line. Speed spooning. I created the event. <laughs> I had it all planned out. I read, wrote up this gigantic like explanation of how the event was would work. I was already. I saved up money to buy like blow up mattresses. I was going to buy ten blow up mattresses and pillows so that you can put it between yeah. you so that there's no like you know genital to butt contact. Exactly. <laughs> I can't believe I just said that so naturally. Oh, the old genital the butt contact. Exactly. I know what you're saying. And I was going to play like slow dance music. I was going to have like the mirror ball going. I was going to have candles all around. It would have been like romantics as fuck. And you would have like spent uh, five minutes being the big spoon, five minutes being uh, the little spoon. I want to be there. And then you would have like rotated this around. This is exactly what I need right now. Why you isn't know? this happening? Because one person signed up. And one I needed, creepy person. What? One creepy person. <laughs> no, actually, a lovely handle. person who was going to. Well, creepy. I don't know. They were going to come in from Ottawa because you know, obviously, I guess this isn't happening in Ottawa. Yeah. Or anywhere on the planet. I, you know what? I I thought about doing this as just like straight speed spooning, and I realized women are not. I talked to some women about this, and they were like, "No, that's like hetero women." Right, right, right. And they were like, "No, that's never going to happen." I a strange man touching me like right off the bat yeah no fucking way yeah because strange men are always trying to touch me all the time on the goddamn street so forget it right so that's why it became a a queer speed spooning because i thought oh queers are gonna like it more but only one person signed up i love the idea of speed spooning (laughs) sherwin tj ladies and gentlemen (laughs) thanks for interviewing (laughs) thanks for being a part of things can we hang out more I hope so. All I right. think that was the secret. That was the secret. Let's let's do a weekly podcast. Do you want to? Yeah, maybe. Just our own thing? Something. I don't know. Yes. Sharon and Deanne hang out? Yeah, and we talk about topics. Or is that how every podcast <laughs> we is? We talk about topics. <laughs> <laughs> you had all these brilliant ideas. You really let us down right at the Uh-oh. end. <laughs> we could just talk about topics. Talk about shit. <laughs> Questionable at Best is available every Thursday at nomoradio.com. Check out the website to join in on the weekly Questionable at Best comment thread. Head over there. Talk about this stuff with us. Weigh in. Ask more questions. Answer questions. Get involved. Paint a fence. Make it happen. Join the community. I don't know if there's a community, you guys, and paint a fence is not a thing that people say, so I don't know why I just said it. But um, just go over there. I would love to continue this conversation with you. Support for the No More Radio Podcast Network comes from the Montreal Improv Theater. Check them out at montrealimprov.com. Our cool graphic was designed by Charlie Sneaker. Her work is on Instagram, charlie underscore design. That's Charlie with a Y. Do not be fooled. 
Our super sweet intro and outro music, which you're listening to right now, was composed by comic and renaissance man Mike Carosa. His Twitter is Mike Carosa. That's two R's, two Z's, two A's, although not sequentially. You'll figure it out. Also, I just said renaissance man. If you are listening in the UK, I say to you, renaissance man. I'm Deanne Smith. I have an internet presence. Thank you guys so much for listening. I will see you again next week. I would do it, but it's not going to be pretty. It may not be pretty, but it might be interesting.